Awakens Park Radio, giving you the tools to guide you on your spiritual or metaphysical journey. I'm your host, Dr. Candace Nadine Green. Hello and welcome to Thought Thursday here on Awakened Path Radio. As always, you can keep up to date on all of Awakened Path Radio happenings by visiting www.awakenedpathonline.com. Again, that's www.awakenedpathonline.com. Today we have with us Catherine McIntyre. Now, Catherine is an independent author of two memoirs, The Thorough Whisperer, Thorough Whisperer, Channeling the Spirit of Henry David Thoreau, and Honor and Concord, Seeking Spirit in Literary Concord. She is also the founder of the Concord Writer a literary and publishing concern dedicated to the words, wisdom, and enduring spirit of author Henry David Thoreau. She has a BA in English from Michigan State University and has studied the literary history of Concord, Massachusetts, both independently and in university settings for over 25 years. She is also a natural physic, psychic, excuse me, a natural psychic and clairvoyant, a UFO experiencer, and a sometime ghost investigator. Her blog about a ghostly experience in Maine prompted author Greg Latimer to investigate and confirm her findings and to include the story in his book, Ghosts of the Booth Bay Region. Catherine grew up in the Midwest, but she has lived in the Boston area since 1984 and in either in or near Concord, Ma- Concord, Massachusetts since 1998. Welcome to our show, Catherine. It's such a pleasure to have you. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Now, how did you first know, how did you first know that you were a, a channel? Well, I, I, um, I was aware of my psychic abilities, you know, throughout my life. So early on, excuse me, um, as a child, and um, and I wouldn't say necessarily aware that I could actually channel someone until this experience with Thoreau happened. But the psychic awareness, being open to spirit, all of that was happening. It just took me a while to kind of figure it all out. Mm-hmm. Now, was Thoreau the first uh, person? that you channeled? Um, I would say so. He wasn't the first person in spirit I connected with, Mm. but to, you know, I use the word channel um, a lot. And to me, I mean, and it was that, but when I, when I think of channeling, I think of like a, you know, I step out and they step in more of like a formal channeling. This was, I, I like to think of it as like a communication, a conversation and, and the words were, received through process of like automatic writing. So it was a a much more comfortable and relaxed kind of thing. I write about that in the book. I didn't actually kind of step out of the way for him to take over. I kind of had a communication with him 
and wrote down what he what I was receiving. So, what was your um, your life like? Your you know uh, psychic life. You can say supernatural life if you want. Before uh, you encountered uh, Thoreau. Um, well, you know, like I said, I, I had a, had this ability since the time I was a child, and um, and I had I'd grown up in an atmosphere of um, you know sort of less than receptive to it. Mm-hmm. I think my mother had her own gifts and abilities, but she just kind of learned to suppress them. So she was trying to teach me to do the same thing. So I got a lot of um, you know, oh, you're just making things up. Oh, you're you know, you're just dreaming. You know, that's not true. And so I, I did a lot of um, kind of soul searching for many years, trying to figure out what was real and what wasn't for me. And then finally kind of realizing that, you know, no, I really have this ability and I really am, um, you know, talking to spirit and receiving information and, you know, being, you know, psychic about things, having a psychic awareness of events and, and all of that. So, um, when I came to the row, it was like I had been led in that direction for many years. And I write about in, in, uh, in my first book, Honor and Concord, I write about the, the sense of connection I always had to Concord. And the first time I came into the town, like recognizing it like a place that I say that in my soul, I had always known. And, mm. and I felt so strongly about it. And I remember telling my mother, you know, like when I was like 12, you know, I'm going to move to Boston. I'm going to be in that area. She's like, why? You know, we don't have family there. We don't have, you know, why would you go there? And I'm like, no, because I'm being drawn there. You know, I know I I need to be there. And so when I was done finally with school and I was ready to to leave, I uh, just got in a car one day and drove out here. And, um, And, you know, I just knew this was where I needed to be. And when I arrived, I... I was doing kind of two paths. I was I was doing the literary interest, which I'd always had, because I was also I was psychic, right? You know, as a kid, and I was also a writer. So mm. by the time I was in, you know, third grade, they were putting my, you know, things I had written were in booklets in the back of the room for everyone to, you know, look at. Oh, <laughs> um, you know, so I had that kind of abilities and. Um, and that, so I was pursuing my literary interests, which were conquered because I was interested in the writers here. So I was reading about all the writers. And then I was pursuing my psychic stuff on the side. So I was doing the New Age stuff at the same time. And it took me until this experience with Thoreau to realize um, that I really was searching for the same thing. Like that in the New Age world that I was in, where I was going to the Unicorn Books at the time and um, taking courses on past life regressions and meditation and, you know, all the things that we do at the, the New Age centers, um, that the goal of all of that was the same goal that the Transcendentalists and Concord always had, mm-hmm. which is to reach that place within, and that that was the key. And when I turned my attention and my sort of study of the writers in Concord to instead of being more like I was doing like a biographical, like a literary history study and started to really look at their work. Then I realized, you know, oh my gosh, you know, that thing I'd been searching for all those years and all mm-hmm. the times I'd gone, you know, to this, the new age stuff, right. it, it was all right there in their work as well. So that was kind of a, a big moment for me when those kind of two paths converged and, mm-hmm. and that was all around the channeling. And right. now so, when, when you, um, started um, 
reading and writing more, uh, especially in regards to uh, the New Age uh, realm. How was it received by your peers or by your, your family? Well, um, as far as, as the experience itself, I mean, I, you know, I was always writing about this kind of stuff and interested in metaphysical and paranormal things. And so when I was writing back then, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, I was getting a lot of rejections from people saying, we don't understand what you're talking about. We don't, you know, and it's like a lot of the stuff that's just everyone's into now. Everyone's into all the paranormal now right. and they all want to do ghost, you know, investigations and do all these things. And um, the things that I was writing about back then, nobody, you know, they couldn't even get their minds around what I was talking about. And, and, um, and now I'm, I'm just mainstream with it because, mm. you know, everybody's interested in this stuff. So maybe not channeling <laughs> so much mainstream, but but there's just this sort of opening to all of these things, you know, thanks to people like, you know, John Edward and James von Prague and that who went out there with shows and demonstrated their ability to mm -hmm. connect to spirit. And, you know, it made me, um, you know, it made all, all of us a lot more um, open to what we were doing because up until that time, I felt very much like I had to, keep that part of my life very quiet and not tell many people and especially in regard to uh, like the UFO experiences and that which is a whole other journey I went on to discover right. what that had been about and and you know those were things you didn't talk about and so when the channeling began I was in the midst of this really remarkable amazing exciting kind of magical time and there were very few people I could talk to about it mm -hmm. um, and even, you know, that was like in the 2000, 2006 to say 2009, 10. Um, and it was, that's the period of time that I write about in the book. And it was so remarkable. But, mm. you know, this, I had a handful, not, not even a handful, maybe two or three friends mm. that I could talk to about what was actually happening. And the rest of them didn't know anything about it until the book came out. Now, you had an experience with your mentor 11 days after his spirit left his body. Now, yeah. could you tell us a little bit about that experience? Well, this was, um, this was a man that had, um, I had met through the Thoreau Society. He had edited and published Thoreau's unfinished manuscripts. So that had got him a lot of attention. Um, when those books came out in the 90s. And so he was quite well known and respected. And um, I had met him through the Thoreau Society and I was doing, I went into a graduate program at Lesley University in Cambridge at that time. I didn't graduate from there. I just w was in the program short for a short time and discovered it wasn't quite for me, but I needed to have um, a prof, you know, like a guide, a guide, you know, advisor to the program. And Brad was willing to be that role for me. So that got us into each other's orbit. Hmm. And then um, that connection, which felt so strong and so profound to me, just kind of lasted for a few years after. So I wouldn't call him a friend. It wasn't like we were in constant touch. But when we would see each other, there was just this profound sense of connection and draw and and you know I was I was always trying to figure out what was going on 
And when he passed, I had last seen him in July at the gathering. And then I hadn't heard anything, you know, I hadn't, we hadn't been in touch or anything, but um, I was in January of 2006. It was a year after my mother had died. I was setting out, you know, going to put out a candle on her picture and just kind of do a, just a recognition that it was one year. And I was standing in what I called my sacred space in my home where I kept objects that were, you know, connected to people who had passed. And I would stand there sometimes and connect the spirit. And that day I was trying to connect to my mother and um, instead I connected to Brad and I didn't even know he had passed. And, and I was, you know, standing there kind of went into this, you know, kind of just, you know, it's not really a trance, it's sort of like a meditative state where you connect and, Mm -hmm. And I'm talking to him and kind of back and forth about the way things have been left between us when I last saw him. And then, then I turned and I kind of saw an image of him and, and I saw him kind of draw his hands down from above, kind of down over, you know, kind of in front of him. And I, it was weird because I was like, what's he doing? Is this like a namaste? I mean, I, you know, I don't know what he was doing. And, uh, and then, then I kind of snapped out of that. And I kind of thought to myself, well, this is crazy. You know, why am I talking to Brad like I talked to mom and dad? You know, I get, he's not dead. He can't be dead, you know. Mm-hmm. And I took off and went to work. And I found out a couple hours later that indeed he had passed and suddenly like 11 days before. And um, so I, you know, I had to kind of come to terms with that quickly. And then I went to see a psychic in Salem, Mass, where at this place, Angelica of the Angels, where I I write about in Honor and Concord that I used to see George there. Mm-hmm. Well, that day, the day in January 2006, when I went, I saw Barbara for the first time. She's the owner, um, uh, an excellent psychic, and Barbara Savransky, and she, um, she was there, and that was the first reading I had with her. And in that reading, she said, she imitated what he had done with his hands. And she said, you know, he's telling you he's going to continue to work with you now through spirit, Mm. you know, just like he did in life. And he's drawing his energy down to you. And then she said, um, and you need to prepare because in the fall, Thoreau's going to start working through you too. Mm. And, you know, I left there that day thinking, wow, okay, really? (laughs) Like that can't really be going to happen. And then uh, it proceeded to occur you know, kind of later in the fall, just as she had said it would. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> now you, you also explore walk-ins and soul braids. Now, not everyone has heard of those two terms. So could you explain yeah. to our listeners what these two terms entail, what they mean? My, well, that's just something I'm going to write about in my next book, which is oh. going to be a fictional account. So I haven't haven't gotten that fully together yet, but I can talk about them in general. Okay. Um. The and you know walk in. I mean, I think people are familiar with the term walk in, mm-hmm. where you know generally one soul will um in. I will say my understanding of it is on the soul level, there's an agreement that, you know, this particular soul that is embodied here now would Mm -hmm. like to depart, Mm -hmm. but there's another soul that would like to take over. So there's like an exchange. I know this sounds all crazy and woo woo, but I really, you know, do believe these things occur. Um, And so that would be my understanding of what a walk-in would be. A soul braid is more of a, the first soul stays in place. Hmm. But the other soul 
steps in and there's a kind of a combining or commingling of the spirit energies Mm -hmm. to continue that life in a more advanced way. Mm -hmm. And my experience, um, personally of it is of an enhancement of my energy so i i would consider myself as a soul braid um at this point i i believe that 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 has occurred because there was an enhancement of my energy that went beyond just you know brad sharing energy with me and i'm not saying he's braided through me i'm saying that there was an allowance of a enhancement of my energies that I would put into the category of a soul braid that allowed me to continue this process and to do the do the you know kind of the work I'm doing now with soul braiding is the um, energy that comes in does it have to be the energy of a person who has left the physical form can it be someone who's still in physical, can it be a, a, the energy of a person who's still in physical form combining with another energy of a person in physical form? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I, question. I'm not a super, you know, expert yeah. on any of this. I just know what <laughs> I, just, I experienced. It just, it just came to me and I said, like, um, that's an interesting question. <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it's sort of, well, maybe I, I one imagine, of our figure it out. <laughs> yes. I would imagine the more advanced one is. I mean, mm. I find this to be true, that the more, you know, sort of advanced you are psychically or spiritually or whatever, mm. that the choices and options you have available grow, you know, exponentially. Right. Um, that, and if there were uh, souls in agreement for that, I imagine that you could do something like that. But, you, you know, but for, um, know. for Walkins, I interviewed... Um, a woman way back in the beginning of our shows way back and um she had she had written a book about her walk-in experience and the way i read her i read her book and the way i interpreted as what happened is there was a, a person that she had known who had and she had a relationship who had gone on he left his uh, physical body mm-hmm. and she had gone to a medium and was contacted by this via the medium, this person who wanted to um, be a walk-in for her husband. Right. Um, and so he had to ask permission and it, it, it was in the, right. he had to, ex, it, the husband had to accept it, his higher self or, or something, had to accept this walk-in. And then it was a long process. It didn't happen. Yeah overnight it it took uh, months very complicated yeah it's, and it it's, doesn't always work and it's not right. always the uh, a healthy thing i think right. you know, in some ways but right. yeah i know it uh, yeah that is definitely a scenario i'm familiar with as well yeah Just now it, there was a lot of uh, i wanted him to come back and you know right. we find a way back yeah and yep, that's yep, yep. a lot of what my next book is about oh is you know a story on based on that kind of a scenario now now you also write a blog what's your blog about well i don't you know i don't officially write a blog i, well, I write a blog i'm sorry blog posts i blog put up posts. my website about oh. things <laughs> I, I you know I've, i'm kind of older i have a hard time with some of the language now like what are we calling a blog what does that mean yeah. you know? <laughs> post. Uh, as opposed to i just wrote this little essay and put it online it's like oh, oh that's a blog oh okay all right so <laughs> sorry <laughs> I'm not overly hip. Um, and that's that's a, probably okay. clearly by to using some extent. We're not, none of us are, are totally hip. So yeah. yeah. 
There's always something we don't know. Um, That's right. Well, what do you what do you uh, make your post about? What do you post generally about? Well, I, you know, I just have fun and I put up things about, you know, if I've had a ghostly adventure, I like Ooh. to put them up and talk about them. But um, so I've done that a couple of times. I actually find that the page that's most visited on my website is usually the ghost one. Oh, so, of course. You know, people mean, love ghosts. Yeah, people like people like that stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's really it's really what's, you know, you have, have ghost hunters and you have all these other yeah. programs on, on TV, um, yes. which are very interesting. Yeah. Now, um, why do you think that there are still some naysayers out there, some people who, who just say, you know, that's not true in, in regard to psychic and paranormal experiences? I mean, we know we have them, uh, that yeah. we have these experiences, but there are some people who just won't accept. They, they don't want to open their mind. Why do you, I mean, yeah. what do you think, in your opinion, why this, this is this, this uh, reluctance? I, I don't know. I mean, I, you know, I just think people are, I guess what, what I think is that people are on their own path. So we're all evolving spirits, hopefully evolving. And people have to come upon these things in their own time. Mm -hmm. They have to be ready. Right. Like I, I have um, an experience in my, my family where I have one sister who's much more open to this and I can talk to her about all these things. And she knows this part of my life and has known it for a while, mm -hmm. but she's still very, can only go so far with it you know it's like so there's some limitation there and then the other sister's completely close to it so i can't even talk to her about it and i don't think she's even read this book mm. and um so i just think people are in their own they're they're on their own course they're going to get to it in their own time or they're not or you know maybe um knowing it or accepting that changes the purpose they're here for so they can't have it yet so you know that kind of thing I, I don't know I kind of look at it that way mm. um now otherwise as far as whether or not people believe my story I, I have to just tell my own truth and that's the right. best I can do that's right. and for me that's a that's a huge evolution because mm. I was kind of you know brought up with the challenge of you know your reality isn't reality, you know, constantly you're dreaming or go play with your dolls. You just made that up, you know, whatever. And uh, so now I'm, uh, I'm like, no, <laughs> now I'm ready to embrace it all and just tell the world because uh, you know, this stuff right. is real right. and there needs to be a, a intelligent and, you know, realistic approach to it. Right. The, um, the taboo and the stigma attached to it needs to disappear because there are more yeah. and more people uh, awakening yeah. and having their own experiences yeah, and wanting to and talk more, about it. more people that have always had them and that's been right. reluctant to talk about right. it are coming forward saying, right. no, no, you know, that's our own little, right. it's like our own little me too in the, in yes. the uh, yes. spiritual community. Right. Very so true. I'm, oh, you know, I've had that as well. And right. yeah. So. Now, uh, do you, when you, um, you know, share your stories and, and, and um, things like that, do you have you ever met someone? I mean, we just talked about me too, me too. But have you ever met someone who said, "Thank you, thank you for being out on the forefront"? Because now I can tell my story too. I know people like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, they're definitely out there. Mm. I have a lot of people have really um kind of over the top responses to my books, which is mm. good. You know, it's just really good. 
So, I, you know, I get a lot of, um, you know, oh, I just loved it. I just, you know, this and that. And I think a lot of what they love about it is just, just the openness of talking mm-hmm. about these things. And, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Now, in our, in our, about it. right. Now, in our uh, next show, we're going to talk more in detail about your books. But I just want to touch upon it briefly because we're kind of coming to the end of our, our interview here. Um, uh-huh. You have two memoirs. And, yes. you, you know, you said they were, in our introduction, we said they were unusual. So can yes. you just give us a brief um, synopsis of them and tell us why, I mean, why is it, are they labeled, you know, why are they, could they sometimes be called unusual? Okay. I, I just got, I called them unusual because um, uh, they're, well, but two things. One is because of the topic, you know, the mm-hmm. subject matter and that and how I approach it. But but secondly, just because of the the way they're written, I mean, they're, I'm calling them a memoir because they're really two books about the story of my life living in Concord, Massachusetts as somebody with a psychic ability. Mm. And the first book is me sitting down to record the images of the past that keep coming into my mind. And that becomes a fictional story within the memoir mm. in which the writers of Concord's past are characters in, in a, a present day scenario. So I have them all living new lives in present day, um, which is really fun. And then you open up on windows, open up on their lives in the past. So I'm doing like a parallel lives or past lives, you know, kind of playing with that. Um, so that's the first book. And then with the second one, in a sense, the second one is a sequel, but it really isn't. You don't have to read the first to read the, the second. What's the title but, of the second one? Sorry. Um, the second one is The Thorough Whisperer, which okay. just came out recently. Okay. And, uh, and it is, <clears throat> excuse me, it is my story of experiencing, um, you know, channeling the spirit of Thorough. Mm. Um, and how that came about. So again, it's a memoir. It's my story of my life and how this affected me and what it was like during it. And then within those pages, I'm presenting the materials that I received in, you know, channel connection, whatever with Zorro. So that's how they're unusual to me is that, you know, this isn't just a straight memoir. It's a memoir with a fictional story and it's a memoir with channeling um, in that way. And then then again, the topics that I'm talking about. So, and well, I, need I, to write, I write them. I know you're always writing, but do you have anything, um, any upcoming like workshops, programs, publications, anything that you would like to share with our listeners today? Um, I am in the midst of scheduling a couple of, uh, you know, I've been doing a lot of radio uh, things and those are always announced on my website, which Mm -hmm. is Mm theconqueredwriter.com. Make sure to put the the in. It's uh, T-H-E-C-O-N-C-O-R-D, writer, W-R-I-T-E-R.com. And um, I always have the announcements there. So there'll be more radio shows than that. I'm setting up a reading at the... um, at the new visitor center at uh, Walden Pond in Concord. And hopefully that'll be coming up in the next couple of months. So that's like my next big event. Otherwise, um, right now, nothing more specific at the well, moment. But do that's, that's keep, tune in. That's itself is enough. <laughs> yeah. So t- tune into the website regularly and you will right. see my, my things. And there's an email um uh, info at the com. They could send, um, if you want to put be put on a mailing, uh, mm-hmm. you know, an email list, you mm-hmm. can send 
you know, send an email to that and I will add you to the list and then um, you'll get notified of events coming up. And that website again is theconqueredwriter.com, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It was such a pleasure having you on our show today, Catherine. Thank you. And I look great, greatly look forward to our next time that you'll be on our show. Me too. Thank you very much. Thank you.